0: Welcome to the Designing Hollywood Podcast in association with The John Campia Show. I'm your host, Tess McLeod. This episode is sponsored by Costume Rental Corporation. Designing Hollywood Podcast is about all things movies, the movie industry, and its talented professionals. Today's guest is an award-winning and groundbreaking designer who has built a long and illustrious career working with some of cinema's most prominent filmmakers. Her early collaborations began with Academy Award-winning director Oliver Stone on the biopics The Doors and JFK. She then went on to work with James Cameron on the iconic Terminator 2 Judgment Day and True Lies. She continued her work on Ali with the accomplished director Michael Mann and then moved to more contemporary drama with award-winning director Alejandro González Iñárritu on 21 Grams. She has designed costumes for many other noted directors and producers on contemporary films, including Jerry bruckheimer has Gone in 60 Seconds and Coyote Ugly. Joel Schumacher's Falling Down with Michael Douglas, David Dopkins and The Judge with Robert Downey Jr. She's collaborated with Ben Stiller on three projects, Tropic Thunder, Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian and Night at the Museum: Secret of the Tomb. Her work with Will Smith also spans three films, Ali, Hitch and director Tony Scott's Enemy of the State. Stewart has worked with director Sean Levy on four movies that include Hugh Jackman in Real Steel and Steve Carell in Date Night, as well as on two films from the Fox Night at the Museum franchise. Her repertoire also includes the sci-fi film Oblivion, directed by Joseph uh, Joseph Kosinski and starring Tom Cruise. Without further ado, it is my pleasure to welcome award-winning costume designer Marlene Stewart to The Designing Hollywood Show.
1: Thank you for the uh, opportunity to be here. Of
0: course, that is quite the introduction. You have a huge repertoire of anything from film, fashion, commercial. I mean, you've done Madonna and now Maverick. What was that like going from that transition from styling one of like films or uh, music's icons to now addressing some of Hollywood's A-listers?
1: Well, you know, that is a big time span in between. So it wasn't that big a shock. <laughs> but I will say, you know, working with Madonna in the early days kind of gave me some great training. Mm-hmm. Um, when I I was earlier in the fashion business, so I made a transition from there to early days of MTV working with Madonna. And, you know, she was an amazing um, icon. She still is. And an gave me an opportunity to kind of get my feet wet in the movie business because I learned about production. I learned about on-set work and got a chance to meet a lot of interesting uh, set and crew people and then transitioned to later films with Oliver Stone, as you mentioned. Yeah, of
0: course. So how did you get your foot in the door with even getting in the same room as someone like Madonna? Like, How did you start in, like, fashion and clothing like what was your first step into that world
1: well you know I, I had graduated from UC Berkeley in a totally different field mm-hmm. and then um, later on decided to go back to school at FIT Oh, great! and so I have a degree in design and I was in the garment business and I used to design sell to most of the major department stores mm-hmm. so you know all these transitions were kind of natural uh, and sort of easy although I did have a bit of an interesting road from fashion into working on music videos because back then it was in the uh, early mid-80s. Of course. And um, basically um, I would do, I did sportswear and dresses as well. And I used to do a lot of things in black lace. You know, Mm. I know Madonna was, you know, already wearing her black (laughs) lace. So I want to say that when the time came for me to go on an interview for uh, the job to work with Madonna on some music videos. It really wasn't too much of a stretch. I mean, mm. each transition, really one thing led to another. But later on, as I started working in the business, um, doing all these videos, I think Oliver Stone noticed because I was working with so many people in the music business. Yeah. So when I went for the interview for The Doors, I had already had quite a bit under my belt in terms of doing live tours with various oh. musicians particularly Madonna I did quite a few live tours with her and a lot of music videos. So each transition, although it sounds drastically different, mm-hmm. sort of one thing pretty much led to another, which I think happens pretty much to most costume designers, I think.
0: Yeah, because I know a lot of people, um, costume designers in particular, they start careers in fashion and they go to like Mm fashion-based colleges and universities. And then they really like, a lot of the time, that's where they get all of their connections. And then they branch out and some people go into music video and film and concert and theater. And there's just such like an amalgamation of different areas you can go into and it's so impressive that you have done all of those like but i mean some people i feel can only say they've done one to two but i feel like everything you have tackled and you've even won the career achievement award in 2012 i mean that's how like substantial, like all your work is. well, really
1: impressive. <laughs> you're very kind to say that. Um, you know, I think every well, different costume designers come to the business from, some people come from theater. Mm-hmm. I came from fashion uh, and then sort of segued, as I mentioned, I learned sort of what it was to be on a movie set
0: mm-hmm. on a lot
1: of Madonna videos because she at the time was making huge videos. I mean, she had Academy Award winning crew members, DP's, directors directing yeah. her. So I met those people and then sort of got a chance to sort of experience what it was like to be on set. But the training I had in the fashion business for production, pattern making, mm-hmm. working with seamstresses, all the skills that you really need to be able to design like all those characters. Technical skills. The technical skills, right? And of yeah. course, having gone to school for it really helped, you Mm -hmm. know, later on in in my career. So I think you just build on it. And uh, my attitude really was, uh, you know, to sort of be open to new opportunities. And myself as a person, I really prefer to constantly do new things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people get to be known for doing period films at the time. Of course. When I started in the business, really, the apex was to do big period movies. Um, Now it's really become more eclectic, which is great. You can do sci-fi, fantasy. In the old days, and I say in the old days, I'm not talking about the studio, (laughs) but when I was coming up through the business, you know, there wasn't as much um, street credibility, if Mm -hmm. you will, uh, for sci-fi or for fantasy. And so, you know, I, I myself like to do things I haven't done before, so.
0: Like give yourself a new challenge every yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, it's I just more interesting, Yeah, you yeah. Know,
1: I, I find it. And you're always doing research. I don't care if it's a contemporary movie or not. Sometimes contemporary movies are actually a little more difficult. Well, it's because, a lot of shopping.
0: It's it's so much.
1: Well, it's more that everyone has an opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody gets dressed in the morning, everybody thinks, you know, and as rightly so, you know, that they would know the best mm-hmm. thing. Sometimes when you're doing a period movie, it's a little easier because there's sort of boundaries and some oh. people may not know that are around may not know if it's accurate 30s or 20s or 60s. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of narrows the group of people that are making comments.
0: (laughs) You want to always
1: have the commentary come, of course, from the director and the actors in the studio. But, um, you know, sometimes that area widens up. So sometimes it is easier to do, um, you know, a period movie in that Mm. sense than it is a contemporary movie.
0: Right, of course. Is that, do you think that's because sometimes period film has so much, there's so much like research and there's so many like patterns and all these, uh, different aspects of period film in conversation with like contemporary film where it's like, you kind of can maybe create your own contemporary. Do you find that when doing contemporary film, you have more freedom than doing period film?
1: Well, you know, these days, again, uh, there's been so many transitions in the business. I mm-hmm. feel that there's sort of a reinterpretation of history going on. So mm-hmm. nowadays, you don't need to be quite as, quote, accurate. You know, right. we, unless you're making a documentary, it's never going to be 100%. Right. Uh, say, for instance, we did JFK We recreated sort of the Zabruder film, if you Mm -hmm. will, Bob Richardson, the Academy Award-winning DP. We interspersed shots with the original um, footage, so we tried to match, in general, the color, the the shape, the silhouette of some Mm. of the people that were lining the Dealey Plaza. But nowadays, you know, I think what's going on is it's kind of really more open to creativity mm-hmm. in the sense that you're not you're not criticized as much for things not being accurate. It's, there's a new way to see things, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's casting or you know, or just a. Re- I'm not going to say revisionist because that has sort of a slightly, perhaps different connotation, mm-hmm. but a reinterpretation mm-hmm. of history is constantly going on anyway. And so, in terms of character development, I think there's more freedom Mm -hmm. for period movies. And, um, you know, I think there's also, depends on the director you're working with. Of course. You know, some directors want a certain style. Uh, For me, I like to do movies, unless the movie's about fashion, like something like (laughs) Tu Wong Fu*, where it's like really heightened fashion. Right. not to have the costumes get in the way of the character. Mm. And I think it's uh, sort of important to make sure that, um, you know, if you're doing a broad comedy, of course, it's, you really want to kind of bump it up, but you know, there's a balance between the production design and the actor's performance. So to try to get the clothes and the costumes to really be right in the pocket and to not, not be too much you mm-hmm. know like that's the fine balance yes yeah. for me of
0: course when you're tackling a film is there someone from either like a production team or a cinematographer or director that you really enjoy working closely with or that you've discovered that you always go to them and then you really like collaborating ideas do you have anyone like that when you're tackling film
1: well I find it's very very important to get the input from the actors, mm-hmm. that's the of the course. You have to first. Of course, you're not going to go to the actors first. The first thing you do is talk to the directors. I think that's pretty much across the board. <laughs> then you get the background information and all the visuals from the production designer, mm-hmm. so you know what the sets are or hope to be. Sometimes you'll never know till very late in the game. You could say, you know, a couple of days before. Um, but you get all the visual information from the production designers. You get the dramatic uh, and the interpretive focus from the director, what they're trying to find in the character. And then somehow or other, when you're making this cocktail, you've got to put it the director, (laughs) and then you've got to put the production designer. Then the secret is to be able to have a communication with the actor Mm -hmm. prior to, you know, designing doing illustrations whatever right. see what they're feeling is about the character Of course. and then you know show up with uh for samples or illustrations to show the actor yeah then get that going and then you've got to get approvals these days from the oh, studios man. yeah that's the big change of course there were approvals before but nothing to the extent right. of the way it is today
0: yeah wow that's so interesting so You've worked with some of, you know, Hollywood's A-listers and you've done extensive fittings with like multiple, multiple celebrities. Is there any specific way you want to, you like to like conquer a fitting when you're doing, um, to make the actor feel like as in character as possible. Is there anything that you like doing to help create like a whole character and bring your two ideas together as one?
1: Well, uh, you know, these days uh, there's a lot more emphasis on illustrations mm-hmm. that have sort of a photorealism. And mm-hmm. I think that could be from the influence of, shall we say, like Marvel movies. Right. Uh, so a lot of times you will go through the process where you'll have the actor's facial likenesses. So you can create a lot of uh, options mm-hmm. uh, visually that are very close to the body type in the character. And develop that and hopefully pass that in front of the director, um, possibly the studio Mm -hmm. and the actor before you actually have a physical fitting and make things. Because once you start the process of building costumes, it can be very expensive, especially if you're doing big action movies. And, you know, that's a huge long process and a big investment for fabrics and materials. So in terms of the process, I think it's always trying to make sure the actor feels you know, that they've had their say in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a creative process, you can get to the fitting. And I don't know what other costume designers (laughs) will say, but there's always going to be surprises, (laughs) no matter how well prepared you are. And I guess the main thing is to be able to be in the moment with them, Mm -hmm. and try to work out you know what it is that works for their character, right? You know that's that's the big thing, and because you, you're creating right in the moment, and you have to have done your prep, your research. Yeah, of course. So you know, and it's a process. There you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it can change at the last minute, but
0: yeah, and you have so much experience doing this. You know, like fittings from, you know, for decades now. You know, it yep. like seems like you you really understand
1: how the process works. Well, I'm really grateful for my years in the garment business Mm -hmm. because of just really understanding construction Mm -hmm. and fabrics and pattern making and how fabrics drape, whatever. But, you know, the key is to how to build the character. Mm -hmm. So you can know all this, but the trick is to find the character. Right. So for some people, you know, it's the shoes. It's Mm -hmm. the shoes that brings it all together or, you know, uh, what is it? And, you know, you have to find that. Really, in the moment when you're there in the room uh, together, so no matter you know, it's like really a live, a creative experience, and, yeah. and tr- try to find a touchstone for the actors for that character.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool to create like a whole, you know, one character. That's so interesting.
1: Yeah, and it's an arc for the character too. Yeah, because there'll always be in the storyline the beginning, and then you'll have perhaps, especially with action movies a lot of different phases mm-hmm. that you'll go through. You could have five, six, ten phases where costumes are torn or beat up or whatever or you the character transforms throughout the movie. So, you know, it's trying to build on that and make sure that it kind of makes sense visually for the arc mm. of the character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes you'll take pictures and you'll look at it and you'll think, together oh that's great in the moment and then you'll look at it later i always do photo shoots you know as i'm sure most costume designers Uh do and really study the photos after um because even though in the moment you could think that's right i really like to look at it you know afterwards and really study it
0: dissect it and try to figure out like everything that's actually happening in the picture and Mm -hmm. how to like move on from there
1: exactly exactly exactly
0: so you have insp- you have inspired people with so like with all of your films. Um, are there any films that have inspired you in your career?
1: Well, I particularly like biopics. <laughs> to okay. be honest. you know uh, it's really wonderful to be able to uh, read about you know people's lives and you know get a chance to be there. Yeah. Um, of course, JFK was a, course. a a memorable experience, as was the Doors. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you get a chance to meet people that were really there. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, at Berkeley, I wound up being a history major. So on a certain level, sort of intellectually speaking, I want to say that it's very satisfying to do the research. And, you know, especially also with Ali, you can, can really delve into the history of the times because what you're doing is you're exploring the culture and the context of it all. Mm. And, you know, it's really is about what's going on anywhere, wherever you're shooting, it could be the story of the fifties, the sixties, the seventies. So you're not just exploring the character, but the times. And so you're learning so much. Uh, Even if you thought you knew, you know, it's really an opportunity to learn so much more about the times and the people and the characters. So, Mm -hmm. um, but then there's the sci-fi and like something like Oblivion, which was wonderful. Yeah,
0: of course. Uh,
1: Because for me, I think the key to... A successful movie is your relationship with the director. Mm. You know that that's the cornerstone. Yeah. And what's your vernacular you have with them? For instance, with Oliver, you know, who's very much, uh, you know, an auteur. I mean, his he has such a scope and span and depth and passion for for <clears throat> for all that he's discussing. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a it's a political conversation. Right. And someone that you're, you know, like Joe uh, yeah. Kaczynski. He was, he is an architect, or was an architect, and he has a, his vernacular is about space and shapes, and so. It's another conversation to be able to have with him and how he views uh, this the storyline and the emotional content with the le- the lighting and the specificity of mm-hmm. the designs because the background everything is designed as one. So when we got to Top Gun, for instance, you know to have that I'd already had that conversation with him earlier. It was really nice to have a comfort uh, level with him um, to be able to work on Top Gun afterwards. Yeah.
0: I would love to dive into Top Gun. Sure. I want to (laughs) know everything. I loved the movie so much. I thought it had such like a warm and welcoming and it was just such like a good summer blockbuster film and it really felt like those older blockbuster films that you would go see like summer nights and it was it was just it just felt like that like it felt really like homey and the characters were so well developed and their costumes were so great and i really need to know about that jacket so i'm going to ask you about that later <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which i know you've called the franken jacket which i, I, I don't
1: <laughs> know if anybody liked that <laughs> word but that kind of spoke to what it really was at the end of the day
0: yeah of course so so, how did you start with Top Gun? When you first got the movie and you got the script, did you already have something in mind for it or was it just a Like, did you go and watch the original? Um, how did you start your process on doing Top Gun?
1: Well, uh, I had, of course, I had seen the original and remembered (laughs) where I was. I was in (laughs) London when I first saw it. Uh, And, of course, I had worked with Tony Scott, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, bless his soul, Mm -hmm. Um, amazing director. Uh, So I did rewatch it. But um, I think what was important was to sort of make sure, again, when you do your research, research, you kind of gather information, but you just sort of let it sort of uh, percolate and let it be the background Mm -hmm. because it's very important to go into a meeting with the director and be completely open-minded Right, because you just never know, you never know what the conversation's going to be. So um, what I did was, you know, have, have a meeting obviously with Joe (laughs) and, and, you know, with, with Tom, who I had worked for uh, before, worked with before. And um, I basically came to and kind of presented, I I knew there were going to be iconic looks Mm -hmm. that we were going to basically use again. But the idea of the movie was to take it further. We didn't want to do a copy of the original Mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, copying absolutely everything, but capture the mood of it. What was the essence of this movie that on a visual level for these characters that worked so well in the first and yet time has passed? How has the story progressed? How Mm -hmm. have these characters progressed in the story? And how could it be portrayed given the fact that you have a script and the storyline says, the character Maverick is going here, here, and here. Uh-huh, so yeah. you do have a bit of an outline, mm-hmm. but at the same time we wanted to kind of keep it moving into the future. So, uh, what was it? I know Tom was very interested in having certain things. We knew that jacket was going to <laughs> make its way back. It's a must. <laughs> it's a must. But we also sort of switched it out. He's not wearing the jacket, you know, throughout the whole
0: right. movie. Right. It's a he was. beautiful little cameo when like takes the jacket out, and I was like, oh my gosh, right. the original jacket. <laughs> exactly.
1: But the trick is, is what you know. It's kind of like the shell game. Like, what jacket <laughs> is it really? Is it the original or uh-huh. is it? The a new jacket. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, uh, you know, decided in terms of, I, you know, worked on uh, coming up with some ideas that his other classic jacket was, you know, of course his Green Bomber jacket. Of course. Which he wears, which is, you know, all of these are are uh, Navy issued. Mm-hmm. Um, but we built them from scratch. Wow. Because, you know, GI stands for general issue. So, you know, they're not... Terribly well fitted, they're not custom made, they don't look like <laughs> they don't really look like the costumes in the movies. So, right. some people say, Oh, you just got those off the rack. Well, no, on the contrary, absolutely every piece of clothing and, and uniform was made from scratch. Oh, my god, Tom uh, from his shoes, his uniforms, his shirts, the space suit, of course, um, the Franken jacket, the GI <laughs> G1 jacket. Um, All of his other green bomber jackets, his jeans, everything was made from scratch because the silhouettes, Mm -hmm. we really wanted to build them to his specs uh, to fit his body shape. So it may be something you don't notice, but if he were to wear that same item of clothing that was sort of off the rack, it would look completely different. So the fact that it's custom made, you know, it was perfect. The flight suits are all perfectly tailored for him. Um, and as I think I've mentioned a few times to different people, they were for the ones when he's in the snow, cashmere lined. Oh my So it was easier for him to be in the cold weather. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think in terms of getting the input, um, it's a matter of for me, we wanted to. I wanted to have like a classic feeling to it, mm. something that looked appropriate for for his character yet had moved on in time.
0: Yeah. So. At the beginning of the movie, when he's in that spacesuit, did you have multiples of that spacesuit or how many did you have? Because I know some had like some dye on there, maybe like when the, you know, the. It's burned up. It, it, yeah. <laughs> when he goes into outer
1: space. Yeah. <laughs> when he, well, when he actually parachutes through and yes. you know, the, uh, the, uh, his, uh, yeah the SR2 I believe it is that mm-hmm. when it explodes. Uh well actually what we did was we used the same suit and we shot we shot the clean suit and then oh. we shot another suit which was kind of a a rare thing to do yeah. because we had so many multiples. Um but we did have different parts of it that we had tested with burns and aging oh. and whatnot. So um Pretty much that was kind of the way when I, when you know in the shooting schedule. It's pretty rare to be able to do that. Um, most of the time, you know, you'll have, like, we had four or five of things. But yeah. in the in the case for Tom, we only had one Jacket. We only had one <laughs> G1, although we had a, quite a few flight suits and mm, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we did do samples and, of course, did camera tests for everything so that we could make sure that it was you know, the aging. And of course, we had done, you know, illustrations of it and gotten all the stages of it, you know, sort of prepped and approved by Tom and Joe and, you know, everyone else.
0: Yeah, because I've heard, um, I know on some projects, people have uh, multiples of like one costume and it goes through different like
1: distressing
0: and stages, depending on how far they are in their journey, kind of like maybe how it was on Uncharted or, some right. of the movies that you've done, like maybe they've had stages sure. of distressing on the
1: costume. That's, that's more normal than not. So, right. But I think when, a, when you have a situation, when you're working with someone like Tom, where he's very precise, mm-hmm. as is Joe, mm-hmm. and he spends good, like we would get five hour fittings. I mean, that's Holy why go. I really loved working with him. Because oh, my gosh. <laughs> he, and, and some, you know, actors will give you two two hours. Yeah. That's usually the max. <laughs> but, you know, in the case of working with Tom, we had a lot to cover. And um, so we he would, you know, really focus on it. I think we got to the point where we felt this was locked in. So mm-hmm. it is very Russian roulette to take that <laughs> approach. But, you know, when I was working with him, it would be a situation where we had gone over things so many times with the fittings, with the stages of aging with Joe and Tom that we were pretty confident about, you know. Because what you want to do is you want to get these things locked in so that he can focus on the the movie, the work of the movie. It's not about changing a lot of things at the last minute when you're working with – Tom yeah you know you could definitely have a new scene coming up um there were some scenes that we shot that were out in the snow that we did some the uh soldiers and camouflage that we decided sort of late in the game and we designed a whole set Mm -hmm. of snow camo but for his character I think you know it's really important to for us to you know on the team to be able to make some decisions really research do the work look at it and then um you know, you always have the option, but Pretty much focus on acting. Yeah, <laughs> and Have yeah. the costumes be <laughs> have the costumes just be there and work.
0: Right, and have them be like actual comf- like comfortable and and functional. Exactly, you know, because then it makes everybody's life easier. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think any costume designer would tell you, you know, like, if you can get it worked out, and you know, mm-hmm. not every movie is that way. Some movies, the whole vibe of the movie is much more spontaneous. You right, know? but because of the technicality of Top Gun. Mm-hmm the importance of the flying sequences. I mean, there was so much technical work that was way beyond and above yeah. <laughs> the level of costume design that really the costumes were the found- a foundation we really wanted to nail yeah. so that those things could be dealt with and focused on right. while we were shooting.
0: I think the costumes were just so spot on for the film. I think that because of Top Gun and because of the meaning like behind Top Gun, everything is so precise and it's so pinpointed. And it's so it's such a hard like career to get into, like t- Top Gun, like Aviation Academy. And I think that the costumes really spoke to the precision of their careers. Like everything was tailored perfectly and everything was like the, the points on the collar, like down to the last button were shiny. I think that really like came in and told a much like broader story of how precise these characters are and how crazy this career that they chose is i think that yeah. that was so well done and especially with the rooster character who seemed to come in more like <laughs> playing the piano and he seemed to not be as serious as the other characters and with just the over shirt you know right. on the like on like a t-shirt a wife beater right. um i thought that was such a good choice because it it immediately before he even said anything it showed like his character right and that was so great i loved that so much well that he
1: was kind of it was an homage to his dad of course because uh, as we know goose had you know he was so that in that sense that was a sort of a decision you know but i think you could appreciate it even if you didn't know that Mm -hmm. you know that that was the case um And again, there was not a lot of you know, ways to tell the backstories. Um, But I think uh, it seems anyway to me that when we were making the film, that that this could be a standalone film. Mm -hmm. Or if you didn't see the earlier movie, you know, or knew about it, you know, you could pick up on certain things. Yeah. So um, that's sort of the direction that the director kind of decided to go in.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about the Franken jacket. Ah. Okay. I want to talk about. I want to know about the patches, and right. I would love to know about how many vendors and how many jackets went into this one jacket, like this amazing, about like mm. Smithsonian worthy jackets. Right. Well,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna take a wild guess, but I'm kind of usually I'm saying it's around 40 because mm. what 40 jackets that we uh, got in. What we decided to do when we had the task, because first of all, the jacket, <laughs> which had its own bodyguard, <laughs> you know, Tom has the jacket. Oh, he, so does. he does. Oh, That's okay. Good. He owns it. Yeah. So He's like, I am Top Gun. I need exactly. this jacket exactly. <laughs> so you know, and when I kind of looked at it up close, it was like, okay, you know, that that fur on the collar is falling apart a bit, <laughs> and. Uh, you know after first of all it was quite old when they you know put it together in the 80s right. yeah. so by now it's you know it's even it's gone a bit older <laughs> so for an action sequence to imagine you know driving a motorcycle mm-hmm. you know all these things were a bit worrisome so i knew right away we were going to have to do exactly. something right. so when we were working on it, um, you know, I really was begging Tom. (laughs) I said, I really have to be able to work with the, with the original, because even though you see it, you you need to see what's in the shoulder pads and whatever. Yeah. That being said, we wanted to change the silhouette slightly. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, So what we did is um, there is a a vendor that we work with S and M wholesale, and um, he does military uniforms for us. And, we, along with uh, Steve, uh, managed to reach out to quite a few vendors mm. that sell this particular G1 jacket that yes. was manufactured between 1947 and 1949 in a couple of different factories. Wow. So different dealers have them, you know, yeah. in hand. So we would get different jackets to come in. And basically what we were having to do is to, if you're going to put together a jacket, and try to match the hero jacket. You want a jacket that's going to be the similar color in leather. So say for instance you get a sleeve from one jacket, you know, maybe the cuff is ruined and you can't right. really use that cuff. Well different kind of wool, different color wools are used on various, wow. for the different jackets from different factories. So that was one of the reasons the front placket was different. When we put all these different jackets together, we had a sleeve maybe and a cuff from one, it had to kind of go with the right color. And then of course, we had to use aging and kind of leather dyes to mm-hmm. kind of blend it all. Yeah. But that was the reason we needed to get so many jackets in because it was almost yeah. impossible then to get the right color of the fur collar that was still intact. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it was pretty tricky. That's We had to get a lot of jackets in just to kind of take one and put it in. And then to be able to fit them together and have yeah. the tailors be able to kind of get the right proportions.
0: Oh, my gosh. And was this all done in-house, the well, dyeing
1: and everything? We basically work with with uh, our vendors, mm-hmm. and, of course, we have our own aging and dyeing right. department. Of course. So it was done in stages where we would maybe work on the sleeve and do the dyeing and the aging mm. of a jacket, like the the <clears throat> particular sleeve and the cuff, or maybe the back plackets the front mm. plackets to try to get them like assembled in the different color patterns with right. the aging that we wanted because I took hundreds of pictures of the hero jacket, of course. Wow. And we had a whole wall of photographs so that we had it because I couldn't keep the jacket the whole time.
0: Right. So <laughs> And then we did
1: the, the patches were also hand loomed because the original patches were hand loomed. So most of the embroidery is done, of course, machine. Wow. So we had to have, special people that did that and that's kind of doesn't really exist anymore yeah. so you know trying to recreate um sort of the way things were done in the past um this happens in a lot of period films so uh, but anyway that was the whole process and mm. then spa- placing them and also getting the proportions for the shoulder pads slightly different because right. in the 80s Shoulder pads are kind of high. <laughs> so mind of their own. <laughs> we changed, they have a world, of, yeah, mind of their own. So we, we changed it a bit, the proportions, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, wow, that's fascinating. I didn't know that that many people and time and labor went into that one piece. That yeah. is, that's truly incredible. <laughs> it was amazing. And then,
1: you know, the same... For, like, the jeans, we work with a uh, wonderful collaboration with Vince. They've worked, oh, I've worked with them yeah. in quite a few movies. And uh, Marie Vogel over there uh-huh. uh, was able to help us out. And we had different jeans with, you know, boot cuts because Tom wears his original cowboy boots. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> oh, those are great. I love the boots. <laughs> so
1: we wanted to get, like, a boot cut but have the right... Proportion, but, you know, and also have the rise on the jeans be a little Mm -hmm. bit higher on some of them for the motorcycle scenes. So they were really helpful. And you really need a factory to be able to, with the right machines for the denim to be able to manufacture. Yeah. You know, uh, and wanted a little bit of stretch in the jeans, but not too much. So, they were, we had quite a few pairs of jeans. So, Mm -hmm. different for different scenes, for standing, for sitting, for motorcycle riding. That's where you come into all of the multiples, like you said, for different, you know, different, um, like most action movies.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And then also, what I've noticed in the movie is that there were so many brilliant little Easter eggs that I thought, like, when I first saw penny and she had an a on her necklace i was like an a what is that for you know and i was like oh i'm is that her name and then she said penny and i was like what is the a for i thought it was gonna be you know like a husband or something like i wasn't or i don't know maybe something like that i wasn't sure but then when we meet amelia i thought oh that's such a like such a good little easter egg because it just pulls everything so well together and then of course the rooster is like over the you know uh tank shirt an homage to his father I just thought like in the jackets that Tom Cruise are wearing it was just such brilliantly placed that it was just so enjoyable to watch like all these little things come together as one and everything thread through
1: it was Mm -hmm. like really really cool Well, um, you know, thank you. I know a lot of people don't notice those things. And I think costume designers in general try to, you know, put things in the story that will tell you a little bit more Mm -hmm. than what's going on just for the obvious. And I think you being (laughs) obviously… Um, you know you've really done your research about the movie so i think um you know thank you for sharing oh yeah i'm glad you noticed a lot of times people don't notice and a lot of costume designers go oh no nobody noticed (laughs) but um they're there and uh sometimes people will notice but hopefully a lot of details as i think as a costume designer you know you do focus on the details Mm -hmm. and hopefully layer everything. So, you know, it kind of gives it a little richer feeling to it.
0: Yeah, it does. Well, it feels like it completes their character to me. Like it feels like it really paints them as like, not just like a character in a movie, but as a whole person, you know, with the A and with, you know, like you could tell that, like that was like her place. Like she felt like she belonged there. I thought like through her costume and all of her clothes looked really well put in the production design it just looked so um well thought out and everything worked so well together i loved penny's clothes like i loved all of the really like great shirts that she was wearing and the blues were so pretty with her hair color i thought it was like so well done then even when she's on the boat and she's wearing the blue and the white like so cute and nautical like i loved that whole feeling she she i really loved all of her like costumes and changes she looked just completely like a wholesome mom character right
1: again i think it's you know you could say it's kind of classic um yes. the idea is to sort of make it timeless for all mm-hmm. the characters i think that was sort of the idea yeah some movies you want to go and you know the movie is about being trendy but yeah. in, in this case i think it's kind of timeless mm-hmm. is a good word timeless. um you know I mean, I'll go back to another movie I've done not to switch subjects, but the holiday, which I oh think is gosh. uh <laughs> something a lot of my girlfriends uh, always likes, oh, I watch the holiday again oh, um, I love that. every <laughs> Christmas sometimes I watch it in the summertime, but um you know, I work with Nancy Myers, who is an amazing oh, director, curious. and uh you know these days there's a lot more female directors, but you know back then, maybe not so many but mm-hmm. um. You know, you can watch that movie and see that it's kind of timeless. It holds up. Yes. And I think, you know, again, in terms of design, my approach is what can you do to make the costumes work for the character without overpowering them and keep it so that it's not, unless the movie is about making it very trendy, which of course is a of is course. a directorial choice. Uh-huh. Uh You know, to try to make it hold up. You know. Yeah. Over time.
0: Yeah. Do you think there will be a Top Gun 3? <laughs> and if so...
1: Well, that <laughs> is a good question. Apparently, a lot of people do. I mean, I, I read in the news every day. I will say I keep reading more and more stories about Top Gun. Seemingly, a lot of people are having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would not venture to even go there. <laughs> we'll see, right? We'll see. Stay tuned for
0: that. <laughs> Stay tuned,
1: as they say, right?
0: okay so i have another question about top gun and tom cruise so he is kind of famous for doing a lot of his own stunts when when (laughs) you found out you were doing this film and um like everything was coming into place were you at all nervous for how many costumes you were going to have to produce because he does his own stunts uh
1: you know I have done, I had worked with him on Oblivion, as we talked about, and then I did another fabulous character, which is one of my favorites, Les Grossman for Tropic Thunder.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> which we haven't course.
1: touched on. Um, but it uh, was one of my favorite characters. No, I wasn't nervous because I, I've done a lot of big action movies, yeah. and so... You know, I've been sort of trained Mm -hmm. uh, to think about making sure we have plenty of everything. Right. It's just uh, trying to, within the production time, get enough of everything made. And so that wasn't the part that made made me nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. I mean, and uh, Tom's really so great to work with again I say that because he's very specific he knows what things are he gives you feedback Mm -hmm. um he's not wishy-washy about it and you know one wonderful thing is that he asks your opinion oh that's which is great yeah one would think more often than not well people will say well what do you think is the costume designer (laughs) I will say I've had situations where they don't ask the costume designer at all. Oh, my they gosh. They seem to ask everyone else. But oh, but um, Tom is very respectful of costume designers. Oh, that's so I nice And I think probably all of the designers that have worked with him would probably say that. He's, oh, that's nice. He's, uh, and it's wonderful for, for all the people that he works with, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you've worked with a lot of, it seems like, military or naval-based, like, men's clothing um lots of uniforms lots of things like that so I want to ask you about Tropic Thunder Mm. when you were doing Tropic Thunder how what was that experience like for you because it is such a hilarious film and it's it like I feel like everybody knows that movie because it's it's so fun and it's so like like it's just great what was it like still working like working on that movie wasn't well, like
1: yeah i had done uh, some other projects with ben uh-huh so um you know i think that knowing his sensibility a bit um and also working with justin thoreau who was uh, i believe he was uh, had writing credit on mm-hmm. the movie as well uh, of course ben directed it I mean, you know, it's a satire about the movie business, so <laughs> have at it. <laughs> I mean, it's so much fun to do the characters. Uh, really, I it was it was uh, obviously part of it. In looking in retrospect, might be very controversial mm. in today's you know political atmosphere. <laughs> but um, it was a satire, so mm-hmm. you know, we we just had a great time kind of coming up with the characters, and again. Yeah what I did was have, it was great illustrators. So, oh, great. you know, we kind of went through, um, but in order for me to do an illustration, a lot of times what I do is, you know, I'll work out things with the character. I'll mm-hmm. I'll kind of go get some samples of things and, you know, put it together. I get a, I get a fit model in and kind of work on that. Like there was a character um, <clears throat> that Ben played where he's, um, he has he's performing in this kind of uh entertainment sort of like on stage at, uh-huh. a, at a you know on a scene here and he we made the costume out of the bags of heroin which were all <laughs> stamped and they were canvas bags they were kind of hop bags but what i did was i went and i just got some different materials and kind of draped it on a, on a, on a stand-in sort of speak. Oh my gosh. Know? So then from that, then we did some illustrations, but just had a good time. I mean, yeah. the idea of it was, it was a comedy. And I think that really shows up in, um, you know, in, in Tom's character, Les Grossman. It was pretty funny. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite scenes I think I've ever been present filming Mm. Uh, hilarious. Um, And even that night, I think down to the end, the one thing we didn't have was the right shoes. So we were, for whatever reason, we had plenty of trainers there, as they say. And uh, I remember we were doing a night shoot at Universal Studios. And we actually went up. I don't know. It was ten o'clock at night or something. We were shooting, and we went up to Universal Studios, and it was there were some stores open, and bought a pair. <laughs> oh my God. Of trainers because we were still looking for the same for the for the perfect shoes, um, which a little contradicts it a little bit. But I mean, Ben is a different kind of director, He's, right? You know, right. Kind of like in the moment, but. Um, <laughs> That was, yeah, that was like a wonderful time, you know, and it's about having a good time and Mm -hmm. kind of playing around with characters and seeing what you kind of come up with. Yeah. Um, You know, in the beginning, the flashbacks or they had like all these different uh, trailers for movies where Mm -hmm. we had different rap artists and they were, you know, they had fake sports drinks. And, you know, (laughs) we did like, printed fabrics because the rappers had their own fabrics that they designed Uh and they had, you know, sort of like faux, if you will, you know, Gucci or (laughs) uh, Louis Vuitton, Uh you know, for their own. But we had a really good time and just kind of making fun of the whole, the whole idea of everything about the movie business. So yeah, it's one of my favorite movies.
0: Oh, that's so great. Do you still get asked about it now? Yeah, 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 some
1: different stories. I mean, I wasn't necessarily fun shooting it all the time because <laughs> we were out in the in the jungles. We were actually in Kauai, you know, right. in the rain and the mud. And oh my whatever. gosh! But yeah, some memorable moments, and with an incredible cast of yeah. actors. I mean, and, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Oh and uh, Ben and Nick Nolte and. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> <Yeah>. Jack Black, <laughs> oh one of my, my favorites gosh, yeah. to work with. I've done, I have done, did another movie with him, uh, House with a Clock in Its Walls. Uh-huh. It was kind of fun. He's yeah. great to, to work with. And I worked with him many years ago in Enemy of the State, right. way back when with Will Smith.
0: Yeah. yeah. You've worked with him a couple of times, right? On yeah. Hitch, Ollie,
1: yeah. Right? Yeah. Enemy of the States. Yeah. Um, Ollie was an amazing experience. Yeah. That, that was with Michael Mann. Yeah, I I love working with Will. He's uh, you know easy to be around, mm-hmm. you know, and easy to work with. You know, yeah, he's a really um, you know welcoming uh, demeanor. So yeah, it, it was a good time to work with him.
0: So you've done so many movies. Obviously, that's why you're here. But um, is there any one particular that you always look really fondly on like you probably look fondly on all your films but is there any one that like tugs at your heartstrings that you just absolutely loved doing
1: well you know I think cross between the doors JFK Mm -hmm. and Ali because when you recreate a scene especially I'm gonna say JFK and You're you've recreated Dealey Plaza, and you're there in Dealey Plaza, or you're there in the third floor of the book depository, which no one gets to go into. You go into the fourth floor of the book (laughs) depository because that's what's open. Right. And you kind of are recreating a very important moment in American history. Yeah. Or even with uh, Ali, you know, you're recreating. I think important moments in time for political movements or for in the case of (laughs) president Kennedy being shot. I mean, it's, it's really chilling and um, you know, it really brings to light how powerful movie making is and recreating these, these uh, incredible points in time, you Mm -hmm. know, so when you're really living it and you're looking around and, it's almost like you're you know you're in a time travel situation, <laughs> you, you really experience it, and you speak to a lot of the people doing the research, so it brings that to life, so yeah. I think those biopics i mean certainly other movies in terms of enjoying the time or uh-huh. having wonderful relationships, yeah, that, that's fantastic, and, yeah, you know it's a whole family. Uh, could be dysfunctional, or maybe not. (laughs) I mean, for better or worse, you know, you're in it together. But um, just recreating some moments in history has been pretty powerful.
0: Yeah. So when you're working on film, do you usually use, try to use like some of the same people throughout every project in your department? Or do you, does does it just like Differ on every single show, based based on you know people's strong suits. Or what is that
1: like? Well, you know, um, you always try to work with people that you feel comfortable with, that Mm -hmm. you You, like trust. You you trust, of course. But because everyone's work cycle is different, Mm -hmm. so um, you know, I've been very fortunate to be able to work with some amazing crew members um, and supervisors, assistant designers, age or dyers, set people. You're really only as good as your crew, seamstresses, cutter fitters. um, You know, what's happened in the business since I started is that there's so many more projects going on. So Mm -hmm. it's become a big challenge to be able to, you know, get people because there's so many projects, which is wonderful if you're sort of starting out to have an opportunity to work on a project. Um, You know, there's so many opportunities to to work on projects. Yeah. There really weren't as many opportunities back when I was doing filmmaking because you don't make 150 movies or 250 movies a year. Oh my gosh. Um, Different studios. Um so over time, you know it's getting it gets to be a little more challenging, but um you know i've been very, very fortunate to have some great people and try to work with and you know always try to work with new people that are mm-hmm. coming in um but you know your cutter fitters are your right hands, you know these are the people that that really uh are going to if you're building costumes you they need to know they need to have the expertise right so years and years and years of experience is yeah. important and you ask, ask them what do you think how it should be built right yeah so you know um craftsmanship is really key and hopefully there will be we won't lose it all yeah
0: oh my gosh i know, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> um you know it's a process but people have to uh we all have to put our time in to, to learn our crafts. So. Yeah.
0: Do you think because you have a background in, um, because you went to FIT and you have a background in um, garment construction and mm-hmm. draping, that it's easier to communicate with your tailor shop?
1: Right. And I also, after I left FIT, you know, I did actually do a, a year here at FITM as well. Mm. Um, well, it's hard to know. One mm-hmm. of the things I've always said is, "Gee, I wish I could have worked with X, Y, and Z costume designers. So right. I would learn how they work. Right. I don't know how anybody else works <laughs> i didn't I always started out as a costume designer, mm-hmm. I mean from the very beginning, uh, and had to learn the hard way, yeah, um, which means um draw on my own experience. I didn't train right. under another costume designer. I always tried to learn as much as I could from my peers mm-hmm. but um I think from being in the garment business I knew that years of experience in terms of pattern making cutting fitting draping uh being in fittings how to work with uh you know the fitters to mm-hmm. be able to see what they're doing and and catch what they're looking at, uh, that was my training. And I rely on that, you know, yeah. uh, a, a lot, because those are the people that had have had the experience. Now, at this point, I've had <laughs> a lot of experience, but you know, you're always learning. From right. the age or dyers, I always ask them, well, what do you think? How's this going to work out? Because I rely on them, you know, the way hopefully directors will rely on costume designers mm-hmm. to ask their opinion about, What's the latest in terms of 3D printing? I'm not, I don't have time to be up on everything. I mean, obviously that's something that's not new news. It's Mm -hmm. old news, but, or, you know, sculpting and molding pieces, but you can't be an expert at everything. Right. So I think the best approach as a costume designer is to rely, Mm -hmm. you have to be knowledgeable enough to know what works and doesn't and then make your choices but you always want to rely on people that are spending full time in their area of expertise so
0: yeah and because training is so important is there anything is there any advice you can give the next generation
1: of designers and costume designers for their start I, I think that it's an important skill, to, important skills, to, even if you're doing a contemporary movie, and it says that, you know, calls for shopping, you know, <laughs> it's helpful to know about pattern making and and to know about draping, because ultimately, you may be called upon to do to build costumes. And so, you know, it it, it all goes into informing your choices, mm-hmm. even if you are going to Buy contemporary clothing, you know, yeah. for your characters. So um, it doesn't hurt to have knowledge, whether or be a, go to the museums. Make mm-hmm. sure you're up on what's happening, not only historically in terms of the art world, but contemporary art. Yeah, you know, to be exposed to every area, mm-hmm. so that it's all input. You know, right? Uh, it is constantly so learning. not just technical yeah. aspects, but I think expose yourself to art, to music, to, to make sure that you absorb. Mm-hmm. So it's really a process of absorbing. And then hopefully when the time comes, you'll be able to come up with something <laughs> interesting creatively that people will be happy with, Yeah, you know, because it's not necessarily, you know, a logical process.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today, Marlene. Well, I had, thank you. I've learned so much about you and your really long career in this hard industry and so impressive. Um, Where can our viewers follow you on social media?
1: Well, uh, let's see. At my website, uh, www.marlenestewart.com, I confess to being more uh, sort of focused on my meditation. I'm a Love Buddhist. It. Love it. Great. <laughs> and I spend probably more medita- in time in meditation and practicing <laughs> that than I do on social media. But mm-hmm. I, I, I do have an Instagram page. Okay. And perhaps there'll be times that I'll, I'll uh, between work, spend a little more time in that area but you know on my website is probably where you'll find me most of the time
0: perfect where we're gonna give you a follow so we probably already follow you so (laughs) i'm gonna give you a follow
1: thank you (laughs) thank you
0: so much Marlene. i really
1: appreciate you being here today well thanks for the opportunity to be here and to be with all your listeners yes thank you so much thank you i would like to
0: thank our sponsor costume rentals corporation The variety of costumes at Costume Rentals Corporation is expansive, located in North Hollywood, California. The supply room at CRC stocks any item a production might need for the costume trailer, office, or fitting room. Suppliers can be shipped around the globe. Authentic to every detail, CRC has the patches, medals, buckles, buttons, accessories, and research to make all elements historically accurate. Thank you to our guest costume designer Marlene Stewart for coming on the show. It's been such a pleasure to have you on here. A special thank you to our founder and executive producer Martika Ibarra and co-founder costume designer Marilyn Vance. Thank you to the John Campia show and thank you to all our viewers for tuning in and to be sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel. Tune in into the audio version wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Today's sponsor is Costumes Rental Corporation. Thank you to our sponsor, Costumes Rental Corporation. The variety of costumes at Costumes Rental Corporation is expansive. Located in North Hollywood, the supply room at the Costumes Rental Corporation stocks any item a production might
1: need for the costume trailer, office, or fitting room. Supplies can be shipped around the globe. Authentic to every detail, Costumes Rental Corporation has the patches,
0: metals, buckles, buttons, accessories, and research to make all costumes historically accurate.